a help and a blessing. Amen. We, uh, we appreciate you so much. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 20. And I hope there's a lot of things that we pray about throughout the week for you. And, but I know more than anything, I've seen it here recently, just in some real burdens I've been carrying, some real prayers. I've been praying for some that, you know, if, uh, if I can't just point you to Jesus, and if you don't just really love him, amen, we're all sunk. Amen. No matter how, there's going to be something that is going to, going to rub you the wrong way, I know. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to be all right. Amen. Second Chronicles 20, if you have it, say amen. amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for the love and the unity here. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, good people, Lord, that you have placed us with. Lord, we want to lift you up in this house and exalt you. Pray, Lord, that you would just have your way today. Lord, bless your people, God. Draw us close to you. Speak clearly to every heart, God. We'll give you all the glory, all the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. St. Chronicles 20, verse 1 says, It came to pass after this also. That the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they be of Hazazon Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim to fast throughout all Judah. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, we understand that in this time of God's word that we see a lot of types and shadows. We understand that when we see these battles and these armies that are fighting against God's people, that we've got something to learn here. That we are in a warfare as well. And I want to look at some battles here in this Old Testament for a few minutes and just kind of see what we can learn and what we can, can uh, get for our spiritual battles that we are fighting today. Jehoshaphat was a great man. He was a man who loved God, was dedicated to God, was, was faithful to God, yet he fought battles. And in fact, in this day, it seemed like the battle was, was overwhelming. Amen. Not just one enemy coming against him. You ever have a day like that? Somebody say, how are you doing? How much time do you have? And you find out whether they really wanted to know how you're doing or not. The Moabites, the Ammonites, Syria, and others coming against this, this man of God and, his, and the people of God and and. The Bible says that this king, a man of faith, a man of dedication to God, feared. Amen. I never have said to anyone that fear is not going to show up, but the question is, what are you going to do about it when it does? There's going to be some battles that we face, and in ourselves, we're going to look at it and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. God allows situations in our lives that are too much for our own strength. I 
qualify this Bible verse often. I shouldn't have to, but there have been a lot of folks that really have misunderstood it and even misquoted it. But you hear a lot of people say, well, God's not going to allow me to go through anything that's too tough for me to bear. Listen, there's a lot of battles you're going to face that are too tough for you if you're going to do it alone. Amen. You're going to have to learn how to lean on God. God allows you to come up to adversity, to come up to situations and circumstances that are way beyond what you alone are able to face. But let me tell you, according to the word of God, that all the the great endings of stories, of accounts in the word of God, usually deal with very great adversity and trouble to get to that ending. And it's not in your strength. It's not in your ability. It's not in what you can do. But can you allow God to teach you in the battle how to lean on him? Bible says he feared. Look what it says there in verse 3. Set himself to seek the Lord. You come up against those questions. You come up against those doubts. You come up against all the adversity in your life. I have got to pray. I've got to reach out to God. I've got to find some answers. I've got to, I'm not going to move until God, you, you give me the strength that I need to do what I'm supposed to do. Drop down to verse 12. He's praying. He's got people around praying. We're not in this alone. Amen. I said, we're not in this alone. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But he prays in verse 12 says, oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. What happens in your life when you come to this realization, when you face things? You say, you know what? I don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to get through this. Well, I don't have the resources. I don't have the. The, the knowledge, I don't have what it takes to, to get through this. Do you pray? Do you realize that there's a God that wants to be there and help you perform a miracle? See, we want to know where the miracles are. We want to know why God doesn't perform great works. But listen, do you give him a chance? Do you stop a minute before you start giving up, throwing in up your hands and saying it's no use and, and getting so full of anxiety and worry? And right. Do you stop and say, you know what, we're going to get some folks to pray. Yeah. Right. Right. We have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Listen to this. Is this honesty? Neither know we what to do. We don't have what it takes to fight this battle, and we really don't know what we're supposed to do, God. But, look what it says. Our eyes are upon thee. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, don't, don't get mad at God. Don't say, oh, this is wrong. I, don't, I, I wish I had some. Just keep your eyes on God. Pray and seek him and let him lead you. Hallelujah. Great endings to situations, great miracles, need great adversity. And God will allow his children to fight some battles. 
He'll allow us. He'll bring us to challenges that in ourselves, they're, they're way too much. But he'll teach you in that to humble yourself and lean on him. So often we're so self-sufficient, you know, we get excited growing up and being independent, being able to do things by ourselves. I'm not a child anymore. I can take care of myself. And then we come to God and he says, you got to learn how to be independent. You got to learn how to humble yourself and realize there's going to be some things in your life. I've had the uh, opportunity many times. Maybe, maybe you have too. When you look at somebody that's independent and they seem like they know they've been through a few things and they think they've got just the world by the tail they know exactly what they're doing they don't need anybody they don't need anything and some of you with a little more uh experience in life say yeah you know what there's some things you've been through sure you've done pretty good but there's going to come a time where you're up against some things that are too big for you There's going to come a time when you're in a situation where you don't know what to do. And it's not, and that's, you're going to need God. Now would be a good time to just go ahead and start developing that ability to lean on him. Now would be a good time to just be able to say, you know what, God, I'm not, I'm not doing this by myself. I, I need you. There's a, there's another king here in uh, second Chronicles 14, turn back a little bit, a man named Asa says in verse, uh, 2 Chronicles 14, verse 9, there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand, where are our math majors here, thousand thousand, a million soldiers. Came unto Merishah, and Asa went out against them and set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha at Merishah. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God. He knew where his strength was. He wasn't giving up. He wasn't going to just, just say it's, it's hopeless. Listen to this. He cries out to God. He prays. Said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. Whether with many or with them that have no power, help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go out again, go against this multitude, O Lord, for thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. But drop down again now to chapter 16. Asa is a man who, again, like Jehoshaphat, was a faithful man, was a man who brought a lot of good reform to the nation of Israel, brought a lot of revival, got rid of a lot of the idolatry, kind of set things in order every time they get out of out of the will of God. Thank God for somebody that God would raise up and just start to bring things back into position. And Asa was like that, but... Later on in his life, in chapter 16, verse 1, says the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. At that time, the northern tribes of Israel were worshiping idols. They had broken off from the southern tribes, and every now and then there would be battles between them. And uh, the Bible says that, Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah in the intent that they might not let none go out 
or come in to Asa, king of Judah. So they're building up a siege against Judah. Now, it's kind of where we're going in this. There's Asa had already fought some battles and saw God do some amazing things. Asa had already seen God overcome for him a million-man army. And now, as this king of Israel moves against him, you would think at this time we don't know all the different circumstances that are involved in Asa's walk with God at that time. But now this uh, Baasha, king of Israel, comes against him. You'd think he'd say, God, you answered prayer before, you're going to answer prayer again. God, you helped me through a situation before, you helped me through this again. God, you met a need for me before. God, you helped me in times past. We've learned, we're going to trust you. The Bible says, Asa brought out the silver and the gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord. He didn't go into the temple and start praying. He didn't go before God and say, God, you've done it before. I'm not going to, I, I believe in you're going to do it again. But he, be, he gets some of the treasures out of the house of the Lord and begins to seek out the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, that dwelt at Damascus and said, there's a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I've sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. He says, listen, in times past in my family, we've had a, a peace treaty, that, and uh, I'm going back to that treaty now and asking you and giving you this gift that you might break off your league with Baasha and help us get out of this. Rather than pray, rather than say, God, help me, you've always been there for me, you've always provided for me. And he goes to Syria, the enemies, really, of the kingdom of God, and says, you've helped us in times past. I'm asking you to help us again. God will allow us to go through battles. We'll come up against some hard times. And, and he always has that intent that we would learn to lean on him, right. learn to trust in him, learn to rely in his strength when our strength is not adequate. Yeah. Amen. But too often in that learning process, when you can say, hey, you listen to me, there was a time I had nothing and now the Lord gave me a job. The Lord gave me a friends that I never had. The Lord just put joy in my heart. The Lord broke some change in my life. And now I don't have those habits that I once had. Amen. And, and pressure comes. Problems come. Never could understand a Christian that would say, you know what? I went back to my old habits. What's going on, man? Going through some hard times. Hey, we can get some people together and pray for you. We'll go out to the church. And I know it's not church time, but we don't mind, man. We're here. We're going to pray and we're going to help you. Nah, I'm going out with some old buddies getting some drinks. Why? Well, I'm I'm going through a lot of pressure. Going through a lot of things. I picked up the cigarettes again. I go back to the weed again, you know, because I, I just don't have the strength that I need. Hey, I know where you can get strength, the same place you got strength before. He's the same God. Didn't you learn? He's the same God. Don't you know? He taught you to lean on him. See, when we come to God, it's like facing a million man army. It's to overcome our sins. 
Do you remember the story that Jesus told of the man that was forgiven a great amount? You know, in those kind of days, it was like you, you kind of look and try to do the math on how much the guy owed. It was he could have never paid it back. He could have been several lifetimes. He couldn't have paid it back. That is the perfect uh, illustration of our salvation. God, just give me time and I'll make it right. You can't make it right. You need a miracle. You, you need forgiveness. You need mercy. When God overcame those old sins and took away your, your depression and took away your addictions and took away your, your struggles, your loneliness and, and gave you life and gave you help. It was, you think he'd be the first that we resort to all those things. You know, the children of Israel had that problem, didn't they? They came out of Egypt, read it. And when in Exodus, they're, they're crying out to, and saying, oh, we're, we're slaves. We hate this. There's, they're beating us. They're causing us to serve with rigor. King James talks about the harshness, the cruelty, right? Then they get out of Egypt. They're dancing and they're shouting on the other side of the, uh, the Red Sea, right? Miriam's got the timbrel and they're all singing and dancing. And then they come through a battle and, and, and you think they would say, oh, the God that slew the Egyptians, the God that gave us the plagues upon their gods, he's going to help us today. Let's go back to Egypt. Moses says, no, you don't want to go back to Egypt. Oh, let's kill him. He's not telling us what we want to hear. Let's go back to who we were. And, oh, it wasn't so bad. You know, we, didn't, we, we had uh, onions and garlic and leeks and all those things back in Egypt. You had whips across your back. You had cruelty. You were slaves. Amen. Are things perfect in the wilderness? No. No, no, no. But you're not a slave. Don't look back. God has given you a chance to learn how to lean on him. He's given you a chance to, 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 to have something greater than what you ever had. Give him a chance to be God in your life. Amen. Drop down to verse 8 in Second Chronicles 16. God begins to speak to Asa through the prophet. And I, I don't know, Asa was always a friend of the the prophets and the preachers of that day. But this time, the prophet comes to him and says, we're not the Ethiopians, the Lubans, a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen. Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. It wasn't that it was easy. It wasn't that it was what was convenient really to stop and Say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're not going to fear, we're not going to allow this to get a hold of us. Let's take some time and rely on God. Sometimes in situations like this, you'll hear God say, be still. He's not telling you, just tell me when I can move again. He's saying, calm down. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. And recognize that God has been faithful. He's going to be faithful. 
Because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. Listen, I love this in verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is looking for something. God is searching diligently for something. You know what he's looking for? To show himself strong in behalf, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. God's looking for somebody in a situation, in a circumstance that says, you know what? I'm not going to go back and sin. I'm not going to give up on God. I'm going to stop and say, God, here's a chance not only for me to learn how to rely on you. Here's a chance for me to shine the light and show everybody how great you are because of my adversity. I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to sin. I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to go back. I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to think that what God brought me out of is going to help me now. I'm going to trust in God. God's looking for somebody. Not only when we learn how to rely on him, learn how to get through our battles trusting him. Learn how to lean on him in our time of of trial, a time of trouble. But the amazing thing about miracles is that God gets to show on your behalf. He'll use you in such a way that you get the blessings and he gets the glory. I want your family to see how great I am. So I'm going to bring you through the battle better, victorious. Doesn't that mean that the other side of that coin is just as true that when we go back to those things that God brought us out of, that God misses a chance to get glory. You know, something that a lot of people don't realize about the story of David. David was a man after God's own heart. David had an amazing experience of relationship rather with God and victory after victory. And then one day he was tempted and, and sinned. Now in that, Rather than immediately just reaching out to God and saying, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to put this behind me. I'm going to, I'm going to repent of this. He, he covers it up. He does his best to cover it up. And uh, there's something you really don't see in the text till God begins to confront him through Nathan the prophet. He... Uh, He sends Bathsheba's husband out to battle, and uh, the man dies. And he kind of uh, sets him up so that the people that are supposed to be protecting him back off. And he dies in the battle so David can console his wife and then then maybe somehow seem like uh, this baby was his. But somewhere along the line, God had a plan in this battle to bring glory to his name. That my children, who are called by my name, overcome. Amen. But somewhere in the camp of the enemy, they're getting excited and they're shouting and saying, we took one of his. We got some victory today. Uriah, he was one of his mighties, but somebody got him today. Hey, good job. High fives all around the camp. And God says that I, I cannot just let go because my name was blasphemed when you sinned. 
my name is connected to to you. And when I give you victory, you get the benefit, but I get the glory because you tell everybody, hey, it's only because of him. And that was my plan all along. I want you to be a city set on a hill. I want to bless everything you've got. If you can rely on me and trust me, and you're going to see how good I am, you're going to have to face some trials. You're going to have to face some battles. There's going to be some temptations. But listen to me. When it's all said and done, and people say, how come you're just doing so well? You're not depressed. You're, doing, you're so blessed. And say, look what the Lord has done. But when you go back... And you, you allow your battle oh, to get you into an area of self-pity. Woe is me. I've got it so hard. It's not fair. It's not right. And I have to fight these battles. We all fight battles. We all fight battles. The question is, do you, have you learned to lean on God? And, and when you start making choices and decisions that are outside of, of God's plan and God's purpose in that, he's looking for somebody. His eyes are going to and fro across this world saying, who can I show myself great in on their behalf? I want to glorify God. I want my family to see how awesome he is. I want my my friends to see how great he is. God gives you a chance when he puts you in a battle. God gives you a chance to honor God. Because the reality of it is this world doesn't need to see somebody who's never had problems, never had trials, doesn't understand. They need to see someone who's been through some things. And when they turn around and say, I'm not like you, I don't have the strength you have, you say, whoa, whoa, don't even go there. It's all because of him. It's all because of him. I trust him. I relied on on him. I lean on him. And he's my God. It's got a plan and all this. You know, we give up so quickly. We get so so depressed so easily. We why me? We question God. So and God's got a plan to bring glory to his name through the battle you're fighting. When he's done with you, when you learn to rely on him, listen, this is where that idea of the New Testament comes in. Exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. See, read your Bible. That's that's so important that you understand this book because all that you think, well, there's no way this will work out. How many times I've heard that? There's just no way this can glorify God. God will blow your mind at how he can work things out. God can take impossibilities and things you've already written off as there's no way. Why even bother fighting and and do something amazing? Hallelujah. He'll give you in your battle. A lesson on how to lean on him. He'll give you an opportunity to glorify his name. I want to also turn to Galatians 6 chapter. One more point as we wind this down. Thank you for your patience with this horrible voice today. And thank you for your prayers. Galatians 6. Such such a great Bible verse, such a challenge for the church, really. Brethren, you have Galatians 6, say amen. Amen. Everybody else, Galatians 6. (laughs) Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, somebody in church is overtaken in a fault. Well, 
ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Be humble about it. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Can I tell you something else about your battles, your challenges that you face? It gives an opportunity for the church to be the church and to bring you into what God can do, not only in you, but through a community, a, a family, a body of believers. There's a lot about helping people in the New Testament. That's pretty obvious to most people. But one of the greatest obstacles that people don't recognize a lot of times, I've heard heard people say, hey, let me tell you something. Church is supposed to help people. I, I tell you what, they, they didn't help me. Did you reach out for help? Did you humble yourself and say, I, I need help? Well, if God was really, the Bible says ask, and you shall receive. Well, I heard one person, God just laid it on the preacher's heart. It says, call for the elders of the church. I have found, sadly, and I say this with, with the greatest sincerity, sadly to me, when we pray, and I know you pray regularly, God, I want to help. I want to be a blessing. I have found a lot of people that are going through those battles will isolate themselves in that time of battle. It's just hard for me to get help. It's hard for me to ask for help. It's hard. Pride will do that. That might sound sharp, but listen, that's what it is. And the realization of the fact is God's not, that's not God saying you suffer alone. Sometimes you have to say, hey, pray for me. Sometimes you have to say, hey, I need help. Say, ah, oh, I'll tell you what, people have, people have hurt. Yes, I understand that. But God's called us together for a purpose. And to humble ourselves and realize, you know what, in my prayers and in my abilities and in the gifts that God's put in me, I'm incomplete without the rest of the body. A lot of people go unhelped. I've had a lot of folks over the years, sadly. Sadly, you would be surprised, I'm sure. People just... After they've already given up, saying, you were never there for me. I was always there. We were always there. We've never left. I did not know. I had no idea. Amen. In ourselves so often, it's so hard. Peter was like that at one place. He looked at Jesus and said, don't, no, wait a minute. You're not going to wash my feet. I'll wash yours but you're not going to wash mine. And Jesus said, well, if I can't wash your feet, you have no part in me. It's hard for us to be the weak person. That's where it comes down to. That's why I use that harsh word, pride. It's hard for us to admit, hey, I'm the one that's up against the Moabites and the Ammonites and, and, and the Syrians. I'm the one that's, I've got more going on than what I can I can take care of myself, and I need, I need help. Sometimes the battle you're facing, God's got a plan in that to help you learn how to be dependent, to be weak, to realize that in myself, God sometimes just moves in a way.
that is so miraculous and so powerful. And, and there be, there'll be times in your life, and there, I'm sure there have been times in your life that you've prayed and God just worked like that. But sometimes he'll, he'll send help. Sometimes he'll bind you together with a brother, with a sister, with a friend. And God works through that. Amen. God works through your family. God works through you. And as much as you want to be that helper and you want to be that giver and you want to be that one that blesses, you got to give somebody else the opportunity to be that helper, that giver, that one who blesses. And I've seen more times than not that be such a stumbling block to people. If I'm going to get to heaven, I'm going to do it, being the, being the one that blesses. But nobody needs to help me at all. And you struggle and you suffer alone. And sometimes the devil says nobody cares about you. But what has happened is you have just not reached out. You'll see over and over again. Jesus knows everything. Amen. But the ones he seems to gravitate towards. is Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. No, I'm going right over there. Who's that guy in the tree? Let's go there. I'm having dinner with this guy right here. Amen. Oh, you don't, you won't even like him. He's a tax collector. Oh no. He's got my attention. Amen. Those people that really don't have the common dignity, self-respect, pride (laughs) to say, I'm the one that needs help. I'm the one that needs prayer. I'm the one that needs somebody to get, you know, there was a time we like to Look at this, and we're not going to turn to it right now, but in Nehemiah's day, when they're building the wall, he said, you build that spot. This group of folks are going to build this spot. We're all going to get the work done, but we're under attack. So you know what? When you are under attack, you blow the trumpet and let me know so I can get over there and help you. Don't you fight that battle alone. We're in this together, and if you fall, we are going to hurt for it. So you need to blow that trumpet and let us know, and we'll get there as quick as we can. So hard for some people. I feel it even this morning. There's, it's just, oh, it's so hard to be the one that asks for help. It's so hard to be the one that says, I'm going through it. That's not so bad. Sometimes we just need to get over ourselves and realize, hey, I'm the one who's struggling. Don't go back. Don't look back. Don't give up. Genesis, the 50th chapter, Genesis 50 in closing. Joseph was a man that had seen adversity. He grew up with a relationship with God. And I feel like I'm not overstating this or exaggerating by saying there's probably not too many chapters. I'll, I'll say there's not any chapters from the time he left home against his will as a sold into slavery to the time he comes back reunited with his family. That is a good, a good time for him. He's lied about. He's done wrong time and time and time again. <coughs> but he's not bitter. He's not angry with God. He's not even ready to exact revenge upon his brothers. In fact, when you find this last chapter of Genesis happening, their father 
Jacob now has died and his brothers, they, they, they don't get this. You know, they were the ones that did him dirty. They were the ones that, 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 that wanted to kill him and ended up letting him be a slave. And now they're worried and they're thinking, you know what, this is, he's been nice to us, but only because dad's still alive. And now dad's dead and we're toast. And so they come up with this great idea to try. You know what dad wanted? <laughs> dad wanted you to forgive us. Dad wanted you to be nice to us. And, hey, we're your servants forever. Whatever. Just don't kill us. And everything, every battle, every trial, every test that Joseph had been through, he stands before them a different man. Because not only... Did those battles teach him to lean on God and trust God through the hardest of times? But it worked something in him, made him better, made a man that was bigger than his problems, that was bigger than all the all. He wasn't identified by all the hurt that he had been through. And he was able to stand right in front of the ones that did him the dirtiest and say, God had a plan in that. Guys, I'm not looking at this as, as what you did to me. I'm seeing what God had planned. Look what it says in Genesis 50, verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me. What could they say? They sure did. But God. But God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. All the pain that I faced, God had a plan in it. It brought me here where I am today. It worked a purpose in me and it built in me a faith. That no matter what I face in this world today, no matter what I see on the, the headlines, no matter what I hear is, is, is going wrong, I've got a faith that God is working in his children. The battles you're facing, the Bible says... There's nothing you're going through that's not really common to man. We face trials. We face troubles. We face adversity. That God allows us. It's why we see stories about giants. It's why we see stories about armies that are from either multiple sources or just a million plus people. We see impossible situations. But we serve a God who says all things are possible when we put our trust in him. God's got a plan. In your pain, in your battle, in that time when you feel like it's too much for me and fear shows up and says, what are you going to do now? Well, I'm going to learn how to trust God. I'm going to put my confidence in a God who, who helped me in times past. He's going to help me again. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to go back to, to the things of this that, that, that God brought me out of, that God strengthened me, God gave me better, and I'm looking forward to see how he's going to get glory. Because he's, look what, we read it earlier. Let me just read it to you again, what he said to Asa. I'm looking for somebody. My eyes are going to and fro throughout this whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. When you say, God, you're going to take me through this. 
You're going to take me through this trial. You're going to take me through this hurt. You're going to take me through this loneliness. You're going to take me through this fear. You're going to be God in my life. And when he's done, when he's done doing his work in you and through you, that's why we sing that song so often. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Hard times. The battle doesn't go away because you become a Christian. The battle doesn't stop. But the question is, when you face that trial, where's your... What's going to be your response? I want to learn how to lean on Him. I want to learn how to rely on His strength. Have to be able to come to a place where you say, God, in myself, I'm too weak. Maybe even your brother, your sister, your pastor, look, I'm, I'm, I'm too weak. I, I need help. I don't even know what to do. Don't make rash decisions. Don't look back. Learn how to put your confidence in God and He'll work together the good purpose of His His plan in your life. Come on, let's find a place to pray.
associate says, come unto me. All ye that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you this. He'll renew your strength. He'll give you wisdom, direction in your time of trial. And he'll work a miracle in your life. than that battle. God is bigger than that. That trial you're facing. Just let him lead you. Just let him guide you. He'll work a miracle. Let's all stand. Lord, I thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your help. Thank you for, Lord, just the blessings of, Lord, your word, your truth, Lord, your presence, and the blessings of the people of God, Lord, our, our family, God. Bless your people now, I pray. Lord, just guide us in your will. Lead us in your strength. And, God, we want you to receive all the glory. We love you. We thank you, God. Thank you for being so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you as you go.